Alright, so, radioactivity. Um, is there a better way to start than just to define radioactivity? Um, radioactivity is the emission of a particle, or radiation, when an unstable nucleus decays. Uh, we'll look into some of the um, particles of radiation that can be emitted, but the key word there is unstable, when like an unstable nucleus. So, what does that mean? Um, an unstable nucleus is a nucleus where the strong nuclear force the strong nuclear forces do not generate enough binding energy to hold the nucleus together permanently. And for that, we have to understand that the strong nuclear force, uh, one of the four fundamental forces, holds protons and neutrons together in the nucleus, and the binding energy is the energy that holds the nucleus together. So, when a nucleus is unstable, basically, the force between the nucleons isn't big enough, doesn't generate enough energy for it to stay together and be permanent, so something is going to happen. And what's going to happen is a particle or a bit of radiation is going to be emitted. So, um, there are at least three main types of um, radiation. I think there are probably more. Are there more? Uh, not, not, not that I know of. There could be neutrons as well. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, anyway. I guess it, it, in fission, there is... Yeah, a, a, that would count as radiation because it's just a... No, because a uranium thing wouldn't be unstable. It's being collided with. Anyway, whatever. Okay, um... Three types of radiation that can be emitted when, or particles that can be emitted when an unstable nucleus decays. So, firstly, we have alpha particles, which is a um, big particle made of two protons and two neutrons, which consists of uh, a helium nucleus. Just kind of, that's just what it is. Um, uh, we can look at an example. We have uranium 238 goes to uh, thorium 234 plus an alpha particle. Notice how the mass numbers drop by 4, um, from 238 to 234 as 4 nucleons have been lost, but it goes from uranium-92 to thorium-90 and only 2 of the, um, of the atomic number have been lost because only 2 protons have been lost, um, plus an alpha particle obviously. Uh, we can kind of work out all these numbers through conservation of mass and conservation of charge, just a big heavy positive particle being released. Um, a beta particle. Now, a beta particle is just an electron. Um, here, the way this happens is a neutron in the nucleus decays into a proton, and therefore an electron is emitted to, for conservation of charge to um, you know, occur because we've created some more positive charge, therefore some more negative charge also has to be created. Um, this transition from a neut neutron into a proton changes what element um, is present. For example, if carbon um, emits a beta particle, it'll turn into nitrogen as um, the atomic number increases by one. Um, and our third type of radioactive decay is gamma rays, which uh, are just high energy photons. Um, these don't affect the structure of the nucleus, um, they just kind of just release some energy. So um, if, if um, a nucleus releases gamma rays just means it has too much energy. If it releases beta particles, means it needs to turn a neutron into a proton, not sure why. And if alpha particles released, means the uh, nucleus has too much mass. Um, I think that's about it. Um, I think uh, one quite interesting thing is that uh, decay is obviously, well, it's completely spontaneous and random, which means yeah. it can it can actually be used in a random number generation which yes. i think is it's quite a good uh good application and that'll link yeah. to half-life later as well yeah 
so essentially moving on to ionizing power. So this is a uh, essentially a property of radioactive particles, uh, and it uh, ionization occurs when a uh, the electrons in the outer outermost energy level of a um, of a uh, of an atom are pulled off by an external force such as the uh, acting of a, a charge on it and this results in uh, the the atom becoming an ion so it has an overall charge where originally it had a, a net a net charge of neutral since electrons and uh, electrons and protons cancel each other out so in terms of the uh, different different particle types Obviously, since uh, since since alpha particles are the the largest with a mass number of four, they and also have the most charge with a charge of two, since they have two protons, they are the most ionizing of uh, of all of the of the radioactive particles. Uh, so they are so they once they come into contact with a uh, with a material, they are very likely to pull the electrons off and uh, turn it into an ion. Yeah, because uh, they surely pull off two, being an alpha particle, they pull off two to become a helium atom. Uh, imagine you had, like, three electrons in your outer shell. I don't have, a chem don't have the quick knowledge of chemistry, but imagine you're a metal with three electrons, like, thing. Would you just keep one? Like, if they, will they just keep one in their outer shell or just lose that as well for the sake of it? Uh, it's... Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends, because if you are, that that seems a transfer of electrons, which I I think is what happens. So, yeah, I guess that's if you only fire one alpha particle, that that surely would be the. But it have out. to be at one uh, metal at like atom as well, because if it was a whole metal structure, it'd just be delocalized electrons, it'd lose two yeah, and not yeah. really choose lose much. So I don't get yeah. <laughs> don't think that's a very relevant example. Right. <laughs> okay, now moving on to uh, to beta particles. Of course, since their electrons were often taught of as their of them as having a uh, negligible mass, or roughly one one over uh, one thousand eight hundred forty in terms of, uh, in terms of relative atomic mass. Uh, so they're a lot lighter. Because well, obviously one is a lot bigger than one over one thousand eight hundred forty, so they have a lot less ionizing power. So, if you beta particles go travel a lot longer distance without colliding with and ionizing particles, and then on the complete other end of the spectrum, there's gamma gamma rays, which obviously being a electromagnetic electromagnetic wave, they have no mass and no charge. So their ionizing power is fairly limited, although they will eventually collide with with atoms along their course. Though this could come after a travel travel of several kilometers, such as the nature of electromagnetic waves. And uh, this this leads uh, nicely to uh, penetration power. Hey, hold on, where... hold on, one sec, I wanted to mention that gamma would ionize by colliding with an electron. Rather than when its mass having a charge attracting the electron out, surely it would just collide with the electron, give it enough energy to go away by itself and just leave. Yeah, just carry on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that that you would presume so. 
Uh, yeah. But uh, so essentially, this segues quite nicely to a uh, penetration power, where it's kind of the opposite uh, in terms of in terms of uh, the the power each one possesses. So gamma actually it has the most penetration power, meaning it uh, is stopped by the least uh, kind of uh, physical barriers. So the only thing that will really stop uh, a gamma gamma ray is a thick layer of lead or concrete, which uh, influences kind of the protective design of of a lot of nuclear power plants and and other things working in a electromagnetic or nuclear industry. And e- electrons, of course, being a uh, a little, a little smaller. Well, a, li- a little bigger. Uh, they uh, have a a slightly worse penetrating power, and will typically be blocked by a sheet, a, th- a sheet of metal such as aluminium. And uh, at the other extreme, there's uh, there's alpha particles, which being the largest, uh, most massive, uh, they are. Uh, Will be stopped by human skin and uh, and uh, paper, even stuff as thin thin as that. Yeah. 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 So if you leave a um sort of a radioactive source and you have a GM tube, which is um, measures radiation really, um, you if you put a, a thing that emits alpha next to it, you'll obviously hear the alpha particles being like received by the GM tube. But if you move it a few centimeters of air away, you won't hear it anymore because it doesn't have the penetration power to go through those few centimeters of it, which means it's not really of a risk for traveling for long distances like gamma rays. Okay, uh, half-life. So as we've already mentioned, decay is random. It's entirely random. I mean, uh, we don't. We there. There is no way to predict it. Um, and I don't think that's because we don't know enough about it. I stress that's one of the intrinsic properties of radioactive decay. Um, as we mentioned, that's incredibly useful when making random number generators. Um, because only on the quantum scale can we really see any true randomness occurring where there is no, absolutely no way to predict anything. Um, so as I said, decay is random. There is no way to predict when an individual isotope will decay. But we can predict how a group of isotopes uh, will decay when we look at half-life, which is the time taken for half of a group of radioactive isotopes to decay. Um, this will give us a nice graph uh, where the time taken for each of it to half is one half-life. This is incredibly useful in um, calculations to find out you know, how long a radioactive source is going to be present for and what's the activity at each time. Now, the activity is a key term. The activity is the number of decays each second in Becquerel, and the Becquerel being the number of decays each second, which seems useless. <laughs> um, I think it's just the units. Um, but yeah, it's just how the activity decreases by half is the, t- is the half-life. Um, quite a small point there. Um, On to uses and dangers of reactivity. Um, so first, uh, to get into this, we have to lay down some basic definitions. Um, contamination. This is when radioactive isotopes go into material and continue to undergo radioactive decay. For example, if you... I don't know, drink a cup of alpha particles, you have them inside you, <laughs> like all isotopes that 
emit alpha particles. They're going to go inside you and continue to emit alpha particles. So that's called contamination. That's likely the most dangerous risk of uh, radioactivity. Or we have irradiation, um, spelled IR, radiation, but not IR as in infrared. <laughs> um, um, this is being exposed to alpha, beta, or gamma radiation. So the radiation is hitting you, reaching you. Um, if it's alpha, it'll only be going up to your skin with, a pen with that low penetration power. But it's just being exposed to the radiation, whereas contamination is having the radioactive isotope within you that will continue um, to radiate. Um, and also background radiation. Um, this is just radiation that comes from loads of around sources. For example, radon gas, cosmic rays, food and drink, buildings and ground <laughs> is my list. Um, basically, everything emits radiation. Um, everything, But a lot of the things you'll meet have a very long half-life like everything emits radiation and everything will just I think eventually just irradiate radiate itself away but yeah background radiation generally comes from things like radon gas and from space so uses of radioactivity uh, medical traces um, here a radioactive material is injected into a person with what I've just said that sounds like a very bad idea um, when there is a blockage in the bloodstream so it goes radioactive material goes through the bloodstream and it'll sort of be blocked a bit more behind the blockage so there'll be a higher concentration of that material behind the blockage and then we detect the radiation coming off this human using some method i'm not familiar with and we should see the blockage where the most radiation is emitted um for safety we want this material to only have a half-life of a few hours um for it to not stay in the person too long which would give them risks of maybe like cancer or other things like that um, and the best radiation to use is gamma because um, it has the highest penetration power so you know it's going to go straight through you no problem um, finding leaks in pipes very very similar process here we put a radioactive material into a pipe flows through um, but increased radiation where there's the leak where there's the blockage whatever we're looking for and we can just use a gm tube to find where the most radiation is coming from now on to dangers, um, yeah, you, you'll be very familiar with the dangers, um, especially with, you know, um, atomic bombs and so forth. Um, radiation can cause mutations in living organisms, damage to cells and tissue, um, and this means that radioactive waste needs to be stored safely as it can still decay and emit radiation. So the most common thing is putting in a big box where the box is made of lead or concrete because then we know that every all radiation, including gamma, which has the highest penetration power, will be absorbed. So, and another way to, to store radioactive waste would be deep underground or deep under an ocean. That's the basic uses and dangers. Now we get on to the fun stuff, fission and fusion. Okay, so, well, fission is really the only way, only way currently uh, that we have to generate generate uh electrical power through through uh uh radioactive decay or just radioactivity in general uh and we'll get on to, we'll get onto the reasons for that in a, in a bit but essentially it is uh it is energy which comes from the splitting of large fairly massive uh uh radioactive nuclei uh for example Uranium two three five, I think it is, uh, yeah. and uh, and so essentially, a nuclear 
a nucleus is what what you call doped with a neutron, or where it it is taken. Come on, how is it doped? Because <laughs> it's... so so the nucleus kind of absorbs the nu- neutron, which makes it unstable and thus more likely to decay, uh, and thus it splits into two da- daughter nuclei, which are similar but smaller and less massive nuclei, as well as three or two neutrons. And the energy comes from uh, the kinetic energy of these these two or three neutrons as they are uh, released from the... Well, yeah, they uh, move out from this uh, splitting chain. And this results in a chain reaction as the daughter nuclei... Uh, go on uh, to act as more fuel for it, and the nu- neutrons go on to be absorbed by more uranium two three five nuclei in the uh, in the fuel, which uh, releases more kinetic energy. And the way, similar to well any other power plant, the way uh, energy is obtained from this is the uh, there is a heat exchanger containing a containing like coolant or water or it's usually yeah water where the uh heat from the kinetic energy is passed towards the uh water which it is evaporated and turns turbines obviously kinetic energy to uh electrical energy via the uh turbines and so to go into more detail on the process uh there's uh, the uh, the kind of uh, energy generating part of the uh, process is made up of so about three well three things we really need to know about so there's the fuel rods usually as I've said made of uranium two three five which provide the uh, nu- radioactive nuclei for the uh, to start the chain reaction there's the uh, control rods which are usually made of boron and these, uh, uh, the job of these is to provide, uh, oh wait, uh, these provide, yeah, these provide the nuclear, wait, hang on. Yeah, they, they just uh, absorb the neutrons, don't they? Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so they, um. They, they just absorb neutrons, so nothing, so the rate of the chain reaction is, un- is controlled, because if they let it all go, all go mental, too much energy release, lots of thermal energy, the whole power plant melts and shuts down, hopefully. Uh, oh, yeah, and there, <laughs> essentially, um, so this, yeah, so this prevents the chain reaction resulted, which re- would result from these neutrons carrying on in their normal process, and, uh, then finally there's a moderator, which is made of carbon in the form of graphite, usually, and this is not actually, it's not to, uh, slow, it's not to, decrease the chain reaction effectively it's to actually help it produce more electrical power through slowing the neutrons down to just the right speed so that they can be absorbed by the um by the carb by the uranium nuclei and thus uh continue a chain reaction and yeah that's uh essentially it there's Uh, yeah i think it's worth mentioning you touched on it very briefly but fission fusion and radioactive decay are all sources of energy. It's just fission is the only one we can actually control right now. It's the only yeah. one we can actually do. 
Uh, and then uh, there's also fusion, which is obviously it's an aspiration for kind of humanity to get this working. But at the moment, it only naturally occurs in the core of stars, such as the sun, and where where nu where nuclear fission involves the uh, splitting of radioactive nuclei. Uh, this involves the fuse fusing of light atomic nuclei into heavier ones, and it <coughs> uh, and it involves. Bless you. Thank you. No problem. <coughs> And it involves uh, isotopes of hydrogen. So there's... It's usually one of hydrogen-2, which is deuterium, and hydrogen-3, which is tritium. Nice. And these two... Well, what any combination of these two would fuse into helium. And this produces uh, uh, massive uh, amounts of energy. Uh, and if you want to maybe go into the kind of uh, advantages and disadvantages for that. Uh, yeah, so um, so a small amount of any mass is lost in that reaction as um, particles join together to form larger nuclei. Um, and a lot of energy is released. Um, as we mentioned, fusion is a source of energy in stars. Um, it releases a lot of energy very cleanly as well, because all we need is small particles like hydrogen which you know are pretty easy for us to get a hold get a hold of uh, unlike um for example uranium which requires lots of mining and lots of um like processing um also it doesn't release any like greenhouse gases nothing of the sort it just sort of produces hydrogen helium so those sorts of things so it's sort of very it's a clean process releases a lot of energy and is very efficient, it's very good. Um, so you might be asking, why aren't we doing it? And you might have seen some um, news coverage of people are trying to do it, but we really, we can't yet. Um, and there's a lot of technical challenges there. Um, that's because fusion can only happen at high temperatures and high pressures, as the protons need to overcome the electrostatic repulsion between them, um, since all protons have a positive charge and light charges repel. Because for them, for the particles to fuse, they have to get close enough for the strong nuclear force, which I mentioned over, earlier, sorry, to bring them together and to make a new nucleus. Um, but that only can happen at high temperatures and pressures where they are forced together and overcome that electrostatic for- force of repulsion, which is more present at slightly bigger length scales. Um, and we are trying to do that, but it's, it's a challenge right now, and we haven't been able to do it consistently and well yet. But... I think it is seen as the major, one of the major ways for humanity to generate clean energy in the future that doesn't you know, release greenhouse gases and clo- cause climate change. Anything to add, Will? Yeah. Uh, well, I think the reason why it's so, uh, it's so kind of easy to obtain the resources is, oh well, uh, deuterium, hydrogen-2, can actually be extracted from seawater, which is basically we the have most a lot plentiful of thing. Yeah, you could get. So, yeah, that means you could uh, pretty easily set up a kind of extraction operation. So, yeah. <clears throat> there's still a lot to cover in radioactivity. Um, there's still sort of, you know, bombs and stuff. There's, um, 
there's a lot to do, and this definitely uh, merits a part two. Do you have anything to um, add for what we've done so far? Well, um, no, I think I'll basically cover pretty in detail. So. Yeah, that that was that was decent. All right, tally ho. <laughs> Why did I have to end it like that? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.